Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, and here with me today is Rowena Bird, the co-founder of Lush Cosmetics. Welcome, Rowena. Hi, thank you for having us. Rowena, I know that Lush was the brand who created the bath bomb nearly 40 years ago in, I believe, the late 80s, early 1990s. 89. But tell me a little bit about how you first got into beauty because, you know, bath bombs today, I mean, they're a dime a dozen, but you were the originator. So how did you kind of find yourself in beauty and find yourself creating such an iconic product? Um, So is that me personally or us as a group? Both of you. Yes. Okay. All right. Us as a group. Um, So for me personally, I was, uh, I went to see a beauty, uh, no, a careers counsellor. So you go and they try and help you work out what it is you want to do when you're a big girl. And I turned up and I'd got a wig on, multicoloured nails, coloured tights. I probably looked a little bit, you know, I wouldn't, I'd have been dressing very colourfully with makeup on. And he took one look at me and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, what about beauty therapy? And I was like, what's that? And he explained it. And I went, what, that's a proper job? I was just so excited by the thought that you could be a beauty therapist and do all these wonderful things. Um, So luckily I had enough qualification and I went to college. After two years in college, I then went and joined Mark Constantine and Mo Constantine, who I work with now, who are two of the other founders from Lush. And from there on, that was 40 years ago. And and now we've been together ever since. And Lush, we started 27 years ago. When I joined Mark and Mo and Liz, uh, Mark was a trichologist. So he was looking after people's scalps, applying henna to their hair, giving them glorious, shiny locks. Uh, Liz was another beauty therapist and she'd started business with Mark. And Mo was looking after making products. At the time, we were used to make products for the body shop. So we were one of their main producers of product. And over the time, it just sort of grew and grew. Body Shop then floated on the market. So we sold them the formulas that we'd created for them. And we went on to do Cosmetics To Go, which was a mail order cosmetic company then. That was very early days in sort of like mail order. So you couldn't order on a computer. All the orders used to come in either on the phone or on a letter um, through our newspaper that we used to have, our magazine. So that was very early days. And then we overtraded that. You can do customer service is the best thing in the world. I absolutely love customer service and we put it throughout the whole business. But you do have to make sure that you can afford to do the customer service that you're doing. We did a little bit too much customer service in Cosmetics to Go and uh, we overtraded in the end and we lost that business. But from there, like a phoenix, we rose up out of the ashes and we created Lush which is um, now mail order and retail and manufacture. So the beauty of Lush is that we have six founders. We're still all very active in the business. We direct the business. We create the products along with some other product creators. And really, you know, we are very much in contact with our business and what it is we're doing, which I think is quite unusual to find the founders still um, actively involved in the business as size. So, yeah, and, and here we are, years later, with uh, yeah, 
210 shops in America. It's jolly good fun. So Rowena, go back a little bit. I mean, I think, you know, for people in the beauty industry, they probably knew the story about the body shop and they knew about cosmetics to go. But, you know, when you guys were thinking about this brand as a standalone 27 years ago, what made you feel like there was something different you could do? Because you were providing products to the body shop that had been around and, you know, other people were kind of co-opting what you did. So, you know, what was your point of differentiation back then or what did you think it could be and um what do you think it is now because you know there's a lush cosmetics right across the street from my apartment on lexington and 63rd not to tell everyone that i live on the upper (laughs) east side but every time i walk into that store or walk by it it just feels fun and i think that there's a little bit of that missing in beauty today and i'm just wondering what you think about that um i I, yeah because it doesn't have to be serious um and sciency. I mean, to be honest, it's preferable not to be sciency because when you're using the scientific ingredients now, we've got no idea the long-term effect on the skin as they haven't been about, you know, long enough really for us to know what they're going to do. So for us, the beauty of our products is that we're using tried and tested ingredients that we know their efficacy on the skin, on the hair, on the mind, on the body. And that's beautiful. We source our um, ingredients from local farmers, from growers around the world, from people that are creating those beautiful laws. Therefore, we know exactly the quality of what we're using in our products. And that is incredibly important to us. We are not fast food. We are not fast cosmetics. We are um, quality. And that is really important to us because you know, it is like going to a, a posh restaurant. You expect them to have bought you the finest ingredients to create your meal. And that's what I'd like people to know about Lush. You can expect us to have found the finest ingredients to make your cosmetics because that's what important, that's what's important to us. It's important that when we find a product that suits your need, it really does suit your need. And, and that's, you know, that. So when we started early on, we didn't have very much money. So we decided one of the things that we were going to do away with was packaging. So we thought, right, well, we'll con- we'll concentrate on products that don't need packaging because we can't really afford it. And that, funnily enough, now has become a staple for us. Now 60% of our products are naked. So that is the most one of the most important things you can do for the planet is to not use packaging. So we work to make sure that we've got something for every need. If you do not want to use packaging in your life and in your cosmetics, we have got a product for you throughout the company, throughout lush to suit that so you do not have to buy packaging um so yeah that was just sort of like a happy circumstance really and that's continued on through we wrote the we believe very early on which is that we believe the right to make mistakes and start again and um that's in every shop and and that we still stand by that. We have never taken anything off. As we get bigger, it doesn't mean like, oh, this bit of we believe, mm, we'll rub that out because it doesn't suit how we are. All we've ever done is add things. So like we we believe in the right for freedom of movement. So that's really important to us that all people are welcome or, you know, all are welcome always into a lush and should be around the world. So yeah, it's, I don't think we've ever sort of stopped doing anything that we started off with. Our ethics have remained the same. It's just as you make more money and you grow, you're able to do even more, like going directly to farmers and growers and uh, buying your raw materials the best that you can possibly afford. 
it seems like you guys were very ahead of the curve. You know, you're talking about sustainability, you're talking about able bodies and being able to move in stores, you're talking about the finest ingredients. You know, what does it feel like now when so many brands are trying to use some of that messaging today and make it sound like it's new? Well, but you see, that's our own downfall. We don't often shout enough about what we're doing. We're just getting on and we are just getting on and doing it. And we are making things happen. So for us, sustainable is not good enough. You have to be regenerative. You have to be improving what you're doing. You have to be improving things for the people that work with you. You have to be improving things for the planet, for the environment, for animals, for people. It's just, it's really important that you're regenerating and there's, you can sustain a bad habit and be sustainable. So, you know, you can sustain a palm plantation somewhere or you can be regenerative where you are keeping forests alive. You are taking ground that is no longer suitable for growing anything, putting permaculture, planting onto that, regenerating that earth and making it into a fertile place where you can grow cash and um, food crops that you can turn things around. It's not the easy route but it's possible. And it is really the only route. It is the route that we have to be taking. You mentioned a second ago that, you know, you're maybe not shouting some of this up out from the rooftops enough. And I would say that, you know, I think we've all probably seen lush uh, stores in the U.S. for quite a while now. Like I just said, mine, it's across the street from my apartment. Um, But you're a beloved British brand. You know, what do you think the consumer in the U.S., wants from you or needs to know about you versus what they already know about you in the UK? Um, well, it's the same thing as, uh, you know, it's the same around the world. Everybody needs to know the same thing. They need to know that we're genuine, we're honest, and we are transparent. We are working very hard to bring you the best in cosmetics. We're here to serve every need for you. We want to find a product that suits you genuinely. We're not just after your cash. Um, we want to make, yeah, we, we just want to create the best products and the best effect. We're, we're here for you. We're very much led by our customers and by our staff. Uh, we, and we love that. All feedback is welcome. And we change the company to go with that flow, which is really important to us. We are, we take our packaging back. Please bring our black pots back. You bring five back. We're going to give you a free face mask as a thank you for doing that. Our We use black packaging, which has pretty bad wrap. But if you bring it back into us, it will be turned back into packaging. And that's the important thing. If When you recycle, especially in a city, this, it can be like... of what you recycle actually gets recycled, which is pretty shocking. You think you've done a great thing when you pop your your empty cartons into recycling. But if you haven't cleaned it, then it messes up the rest of the recycling in there. And the chances are it doesn't get recycled. So bring your pots back into us. We'll recycle. We've been using recycled plastic bottles since 2008. People are talking now like, hey, this year we've got 100% recycled packaging. It's like, really? We've been doing it since 2008. So, you know, if you're looking for... Well, the other way that I always explain to people about us is that we're like an iceberg. So you know the iceberg, you see the tip, and then there's all this going on underneath. And that's what Lush is. So you see the tip, you see a shop, you see a web page. 
and you think, oh, that's what it is. Okay, but we're manufacturing our own products. We're creating our own fragrances using beautiful essential oils. If you come into us, yes, we have a smelly shop, but you're getting a free aromatherapy treatment. You're welcome. That's on us. So it's just, we've got, we're buying our raw materials from local farmers, from local growers when, when we can. And that's, you know, so not all raw materials. Some raw materials have to come from other places. But when you buy a product from us, what you're buying, you're buying a product that suits your need because we've trained our staff. We want them to be able to talk you through, find out exactly what you want. And then you're buying a product that suits your need then we're buying more raw material from those growers, from those cooperatives, from those farmers, from those producers, and giving them a better quality of life as well. So it's all just that beautiful flow through. We've got demonstration sites around the world where we're showing farmers how to grow in a permaculture fashion so that they can grow a food crop and a cash crop, which means they're getting a proper return for their work. And that's really important. We go out, we visit all our growers, we take responsibility for where we're getting our raw materials from. So we can look at our business and say, oh, how carbon neutral can we make our business? But you've then got to look at like, how carbon neutral are, is the supply into our business? So we need to take responsibility for where we buy from. And that's why we buy from growers and local producers wherever possible. We can then pay them that good rate so that they're getting a proper income for the work that they do. So it's... Yeah. I mean, it's just wonderful. When you look into it, if you make the effort, you can make a difference to so many areas around you. And if people want to start copying that, then I am absolutely delighted because it will just make a bigger difference to the planet and to the people that are growing the, the ingredients that we want to use. Rowena, you know, you mentioned kind of like that dotted line of, you know, you being a manufacturer, you're creating your ingredients. I mean, you're creating your formulations and then obviously selling them to the customer. Is that part of the reason why, you know, Lush remains like a direct brand? Part of the reason why you haven't gone necessarily into wholesale you here in the U.S., like go into a Sephora or an Ulta or a Target, you know, you have your own stores, you have your own direct consumer side. Is this because you want to own all facets of the operation and have that connectivity. It is. We love having that connectivity with our customers that because they, they are what drive us. But um, times change and you have to change with it. You know, so maybe one day you will see us in Target or Sephora. Who knows? But you couldn't get the whole brand in there anyway, <laughs> because and, and you really would they want the naked stuff? No, they'll really only ever want the package because naked has to be looked after in a certain way and our products are fresh so all the products you find on the shelves in there they're they're designed they're they are um oh preserved to be able to sit on a shelf for a long time and then still be preserved when they're opened and think people start sticking their fingers in them we're not we want to make our products fresh because we want you to use these beautiful ingredients while they're at their most active that the we have we do have um preserved product but the preservative levels they're done by helen one of the other co-founders who is so good at fine detail and she makes sure that every product is preserved to the correct level for that product it's not just well let's whack a load of preservative in we know that product is now fully preserved 
the, the trouble with the preservative, it's great. It preserves the product, but it's, uh, it's there to kill um, bacteria. Now, our skin is full of biomes. So we have this whole living uh, little world living on our skin. The minute you start putting preservative on that, you start killing off the good and the bacteri bac bad bacteria on your skin. That is not so good for keeping a healthy skin. Now, for a healthy skin, don't use things that are preserved. So Helen has been working on creating products that are self-preserving. So this means it's not that they haven't got any preservative, it's that they have a natural preservative in them. So they are preserved. They still have that shelf life. You still, We still want you to buy them fresh and use them within their shelf life, which is more often than not 14 months. So please use them up nice and quickly. Let's get them, um, you know, let's get you the most active ingredients we can. But where possible, let's not put any preservative in at all so that you can use that really truly then is the best for your skin. And that to my mind is clean beauty. When people talk about clean beauty, it should be beauty without preservatives in them or with naturally preserving ingredients. When you think about, you know, that conversation about clean beauty and, you know, sustainability and some of the things that we're talking about today, you know, where do you think it's important for you to use yourselves as a megaphone or what, what messages are important to you to say, Hey, we've been doing this for 40 years, or we've been doing this for 30 years, because I know that you guys have been pretty provocative, at least in, in the press, you know, with getting involved with the don't gay, don't say gay law in, in Florida. Recently, you guys went off social media, um, to kind of respond to the social media backlash that's been going on. Um, so, you know, it seems like you're being very choosy and particular about what you do get involved in and what you what you do want to speak about. So I, I think that's two different things. Um, but we we figured that, I mean, early days when we, we worked very closely with Anita in the body shop. And, um, and so we were happy to support all the campaigning that that she was doing and it was really lovely and when Anita died it was like well who's going to pass on those important messages now who's going to make that difference and we thought you know what it has to be us we're going to do that and um so we are choosy about what campaigns we do we most often do ones that really may not come to people's attention in quite the right way uh, or may never surface especially in in the UK so the we did a gay is okay campaign about eight years ago in the UK. And we felt that when we, we heard about this situation now in Florida, that it was time to bring that soap back and just say to people and highlight it. And it's, what's important is to give the other side of the story, not just necessarily the side that you see in the tabloid press where it's, you know, you have to grab the headlines. So you have to be shocking. So we've, we created the soap that we sold online, which was everywhere in the US, and then just in the Florida stores. The soap sold out really, really quickly online. The funds from that, all the funds go to um, help the families understand how this law will impact them. So, you know, if this policy goes through, they're sort of like, well, what does that mean to me? So the um, the Equality for Florida's, Florida's Defense Fund has had to sort of step up its actions to be able to support people phoning them and coming in. So, you know, it's really important that, you know, everybody finds, has their own place on this planet. It's not for us to decide, you know, who does and who doesn't.
what has the customer reaction been to you getting involved in some of these um, campaigns? Because, you know, the don't say gay law here in the U.S. is, you know, it's it's such a hot button topic for so many different people. And I can imagine, but I would love to hear what you what you've been hearing anecdotally and and in real life. It's incredibly positive. I mean, it, they're just I think, you know, customers love it. They love coming in. They love to know that you know, somebody's speaking out and and brave enough to put their hands up in some instances. So, um, yeah, they're, they're great. And you know what, when somebody comes in that isn't and comes in and says, why, why are you doing this? All our staff have been given all the knowledge as to this is why we think we, we need to support this. This is the education. This is the information around it. And we pass that on so that they can think, all right, do I still believe that negatively then? Or have I come over and thinking now, okay, I get it. And it, you might not agree with something, but if you still get it and you understand both sides of the story, surely that's the most important thing. You're informed. And informing people is the most important thing. Years ago, we decided that we've got 930 shops around the world. That's 930 billboards where we can send out messages and we can inform. We're not there to wag our finger. We're there to educate, to inform and help you make um, your own decision. When you think about kind of playing that forward, like what other causes and, you know, whether it's in marketing or whether, you know, donations, like how do you think those best marry themselves together? You know, marrying a cause like the Don't Say Gay Law and also using your stores as a as a marketing vehicle for that and also for product. Do you know, it's not, it's not, we don't do those things to get people to buy products from us. We do those things because they're important and we think that morally you should be doing those things. You should be educating. You should be informing. You should give people the information to make an informed decision. Then on the other side, we happen to be a shop that sells cosmetics. And, you know, and then we take our pride and our care and and, and we make our, our cosmetics that way. We fight against animal testing because that's still happens that cosmetics are still tested on animals there's no need for that it's a sort of yeah I mean Mark uh, Mark Constantine the the main uh, founder of the business you know he started that fighting animal testing campaign with body shop he started body shop he encouraged Nita to to do that and so you know we've carried that on through and that so that's the campaign I suppose that's directly for our product the the other one gay is okay is because that's a campaign because it is okay it is okay that's not i'm not saying oh, now you've got to come in and buy a product no that that's a moral thing it is okay so it's they are they're although they're the same we as i said we just use our shops as billboards so you know there's some things people should know about and make a decision about and um yeah it I see them as two different things. We're, we are cosmetic producer, inventor. We're incredibly inventive. We're actively trying to find a product for your every need. Um, and then on the other hand, we, we want you to understand what's going on in the world and we'll give you information so that you can make an informed decision. I see those as two different things. We're not doing something like that to get customers. We're doing something like that because it's right to do. No, and I love that personally, because I feel like we're in, living in a time right now where brands are jumping on the bandwagon of whether it's pride, LGBTQ issues, whether yeah. it's uh, Juneteenth, which just happened here in the U.S., or Black Lives Matter. It feels very 
performative. And, you know, I understand why it's performative, but I also think that like those two things can coexist. If a brand has never spoken about sustainability or Black Lives Matter, and all of a sudden they're talking about it, it can be very kind of foreign for, for the customer. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. But but still, at least they're saying something. And as long as they're educating and as long as they're they're giving people, you know, and as customers, we all have we all have our right to make a decision, don't we, as to whether we think, yeah, that's a bit of greenwash going on there. They've never said that before. Suddenly they are. But does that really matter? At least they're saying it now. Maybe. And that's the important thing. You know, do I care if suddenly everybody starts selling naked product? No, please copy us all you like. You, you know, it's sort of, let's get messages out there. Let's make, let's make those differences. The, the cosmetic industry is appalling for the amount of waste that we create. What with the paper that we use to wrap things in, forests are being cut down all the time. And yes, they've been planted for the paper, but it's still, they were homes to birds. It was creating a, a biome there which was good for the planet. We just cut it down to make more paper to wrap, to make a paper box to put a moisturizer in. Really? Was that necessary? I don't think so. So it's, you know, we are incredibly wasteful. So anything we can do in the industry to reduce the amount of waste we create has got to be a good thing. And if we're leading the way and people are copying us, I'm really happy to be copied. Tell me a little bit about the the steering away from social media last year. That was something that happened at the end of last year. You guys said you were going to take a step back. What was that about? Because, you know, we're all reading about the different effects of social media, but at the same time, you know, it is one of the most important levers for digital brands to have to sell products and to communicate with their customers. Well, again, I suppose that comes down to um, your morals and your ethics, doesn't it? So the minute we heard about the algorithms and about the effect on young lives and people self-harming, especially youngsters, self-harming and suffering from mental health issues because of what they were reading and seeing on there, we just thought, you know what, we don't want to be part of that. We don't want them to be looking for Lush and having to go onto that platform and then coming across something else that was not going to be good for them. And because those platforms work on the algorithms for like gambling, that gambling relies on you and keeping that addiction going. So it keeps tempting you to gamble again. And if you've only had to Google something one, or not Google, sorry, you've only had to look on social media once to find something negative, just maybe even out of curiosity. And now it's going to keep coming in. It's going to keep coming in. And and then the worst might happen. We didn't want to be part of that. So it was like, do you know what? Yeah, it's going to cost us money. We think we've probably in the UK lost 10 million on that. That's what it'll cost us to come off. But yeah, so it's more when it's when you're looking at America and around the world. And have we seen a drop in um, people coming to us online? Yes, we have. We are starting to see that. It has affected us. Yes, it has impacted our sales. But if we've only saved one young life because they haven't gone on to look for us on there, I mean, obviously we'll never know, then that's absolutely fine by us. Because they are not good platforms. Now, the minute they want to change the way they work on those platforms, we will be delighted to be back on there and being part of a social scene. But it doesn't mean that people, other people can't talk about us on there. Yes, they can. Please do. But it's just that we're not going to be supporting platforms like that, that actually are a danger to life. And really, they should be having their ethics looked at and they should be tidying up their act. 
How did you guys decide which platforms to stay on? Because if I remember correctly, you stayed on YouTube, you stayed on Twitter, but you know, you came off Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, what made you feel comfortable staying, you know, on a YouTube or on a Twitter? Was it just because that they had been, you know, been around longer and there had been more of a vetting process? Or what what were you saying? No, um, they don't use the algorithms. They're, they're not dragging you in the whole time and feeding you things that are, that are harmful. So that's why we decided we would stay on those. Whereas the others, they, they, you know, they're, they're always setting those expectations. So Twitter is just all about comment and chatting. And so, you know, I, you know they're just lesser of the evils I suppose aren't they but you know we felt that they were so we want to own what we're doing so you know podcasts they're great aren't they you can sit and listen to them in the car and you gather information I love a podcast um so they're informative so they're they're amazing YouTube we're in sole control of that content and people plug in and watch it if they want and don't watch it if they don't want it's sort of it just seems to be much more um manageable and much yeah it's a lot less um, yeah, going down the algorithm road that leads people on to find, you know, getting bombarded with things that's not good for them. How do you think that may have affected, besides the financial piece, but just like awareness, you know, Gen Z is on these platforms so much. And, you know, I think of Lush, even though it's been around for quite a bit of time, as a very young brand, you know, bath bombs like blew up during COVID just because, you know, everyone was doing the self-care thing. Everyone was home trying to create the spa experience. Gen Z was very much driving some of that. So do you think that that's affected, um, you know, customer perception or awareness, like what people, who knows about you and why they know about you? Yes, it certainly has, because we can see a drop in when you when you read all the uh, the reports on what's going on online and how many um, clicks and all those sorts of things that you've had. Yeah, they, they, they drop when we're not on there. So we do know that. Um, yeah, it has, it has affected us. But as I say, at some point, you have to look at your ethics rather than your bank balance and think what's right to do. And that's what we've done. So, Arena, you know, we haven't talked so much about product. I would love to hear a little bit about what's coming up at Lush's Pipeline and also where you kind of think the larger beauty, skincare, spa movement is going because, you know, we are able to go outside a little bit more than we did at the heyday of the pandemic. And I want to see where you're seeing those changes. Uh, so, I mean, the changes for us here is we're very much working towards self-preserving self-preser- product. So we want to, I mean, for the Gen Zs especially, life is lasting longer for most people now. So there's, there's more talk about the 100-year life. Yeah, it's not going to affect all of us. But if you're if you're seven or eight now, that years old, the chances are you're going to be living to 100, you know, on the sort of run of things. So your skin has to still be okay and functional. Your hair does and everything, you know, and your mind. So we're looking at, right, how do we how do we do that? And so that is very much the self-preserving way that we're going. The planet still needs to be here. So we're reducing packaging wherever we can or taking responsibility for our packaging. So please bring it back to us because we'll, we'll definitely do something with it. We're going to bring in a um, 50 cents off any packaging, any lush packaging that you bring back in, that's coming soon. We're creating a green hub within the manufacturing area. So all everything coming back in will go, all the 
all the packaging will come back in. It'll be washed, it'll be cleaned, it'll be ground down, it'll be made into new packaging. So there'll be a complete closed loop. We're very much working towards being uh, carbon positive as a company. And that means reaching out and looking at our suppliers as well and seeing what we can do to better help them become carbon positive or carbon neutral. So these things are very much on our mind is we're being very active on those. We're not just setting dates. You will not hear us say by 2030, Lush will have done this because by 2030, you'll have forgot that we said that in 2022. Yeah. And that's the trick. And that's how people get you. They'll stand there and they'll go by 2030, we'll do that. And you will think, oh my gosh, they're amazing. And you go straight there and you spend your money there. No, you won't hear us saying that because if we're doing it, we're doing it now. We're not waiting till 2030. We're getting it done. We're working on it. So we don't put those false deadlines and we just get in and we get on with it and we do stuff. So that's very much, we're, we're, I mean, we're trying to create a cosmetic revolution and trying to get people right. Let's reduce our packaging. Let's reduce our preservative systems. Let's look at what ingredients we're using. You know, I mean, how many people know that glycerin, a good vegetable glycerin is better for your skin and has a stronger effect than hyaluronic acid. And yet hyaluronic acid is what everybody's talking about. No, look for a product that's got a high level of glycerin in it. We've got several, if you want to come here and have a look, but look on other people's as well. Look at the ingredients list of the products you're using. How natural are they? How many beautiful ingredients do you understand are in there or how synthetic are they? It's just, it's simple things that you can do. Just make little changes. We're just helping people make little changes. This Saturday in the shops, we'll be helping you make seed bombs that you can then take out throw into pieces of wasteland and see the plants come. That's there to support pollinators. As we all know, if you haven't got good soil, you can't grow anything. If you haven't got pollinators, it doesn't matter if you grow anything. Nothing grows anyway because the pollinators aren't there to pollinate the flowers, to produce the fruit, the veg and everything else that we're responsible for. So, you know, we've got to start. We're there to keep sending out those messages Keep making sure people are aware of the small things that they can do to make a difference to our planet. Very much marching to the beat of your own drum, it seems like. Yeah. Well, you know, just what you said with the hyaluronic acid example, you know, it seems like the beauty industry is talking about one thing and Lush is doing something else. Lush is maybe talking about what the beauty industry is going to be doing in maybe 10 years or five years or 15 years. Is that how you really feel like you guys are setting an example or setting trends? Do you know what? I mean, I think that is probably a bit of a problem where we're usually a little bit ahead of ourselves and, and it takes a while for people to catch up. You know, we, I think it was about two years ago, the National Geographic hailed the next best thing. It was our shampoo bar. We'd invented it 30 years ago. So it's just sort of like, oh, and it was it was the next best thing. No, no, we've made it years ago and it saves three bolts from landfill. You know, it, so yeah, we're we're often a little bit ahead of the game. <laughs> takes people a little while to catch up with us maybe thank you so much Rowena it was great having you <laughs> thank you very much I hope I haven't just rambled on and on but I get so excited about what we're doing thank you so much for listening to the glossy beauty podcast tune in next week for another episode and of course that means if you haven't subscribed please hit that button